Vocal fam, what is up? Hey. What a week. What a week. It's literally been a week. Was it just a week ago we were together? Oh my it was a gosh. Week ago, it a week was in 30 minutes ago, if we're talking about that. Wow, yeah. So there's been a lot that has happened in a last lot. week. Um like, more than I think either of us expected. We really didn't think much to be going on other than I was going to go do a workshop and Yeah, that was going to be cool. And then that was going to be a thing. That about summed it up. So anyway, here we are a week later. A week later. A week wiser. Yep, oh, like a different person. A week something. And Vocal Fry has big news. We do have big news. Okay, so Vocal Fry, Sarah and I have officially incorporated. Woo! And Vocal Fry has officially um, become its own entity. Yep, we are Vocal Fry. We are now Vocal Fry. Not MC what we were fry, but and that, fry. that's nothing against anybody else it's just i graduated i'm sarah, not at mc anymore sarah, gradu- <laughs> sarah graduated and sarah i'm moving and, to atlanta and the thing is, as we told you last week sarah's moving to atlanta but um what we wanted to let vocal fry know is that vocal fry is basically continuing on yeah in its current format. As you know it. And I think that's a really important thing for the vocal fam to know because, you know, as Sarah and I have been talking about this for some time now, um, I didn't feel like I could continue on the podcast without Sarah because Sarah is as much vocal fry as I am. Thanks. Well, and I was really glad when he approached me about it because I was sad. Like, I was thinking, you know, this is it. Like... I've been here for two years now, but luckily that wasn't a thing. (laughs) Right. And it was just a pretty unique situation when we started this thing because part of the reason we started it was, yes, we were going to do this big research catalog. That totally didn't happen that year. (laughs) But also, you know, as as the vocal fam knows, we've morphed into... Well, and we had a good trio from the beginning. I mean, like you, me, and and Michael, uh, like... And it Michael worked. was great, and then Leah was great, and both and Michael around. and Leah and Leah and Michael will both be around, and that's one of the things we wanted to say right yes. away in this is that uh, you will hear more from Michael uh, and Leah this summer. Honestly, the way that sort of the past few months have functioned will kind of be the way we've gone on because we've had Michael. Yes, a if fair you bit. sort of look at like March, April. It's a lot of how it'll be. Is a lot of how it'll be. Um, and so, as we've told you guys last week, we've got six guest episodes coming up. Some um, pretty incredible Some ones. Some pretty incredible ones. We also have two. We will do two pop culture specific episodes yes. still this summer. Both of which, things is coming. Both of which will be probably in July. Yes. And so, I doubt we'll finish these six Voice Foundation interviews before End of July. Sarah and I are back talking to you guys like this. True. Um, and so, in July, we will hit our Spider-Man episode. Hey. We're going to do Into the Spider-Verse and Far From Home in one episode. Yes. We also will hit Stranger Things in July. Stranger Things season three. Um, but Pumped. we've got these great six interviews. But before we talk about the first one of those interviews, Sarah, tell them about what else is coming up this week in terms of the the changes online and, and that starting this week, they'll be able to... Oh, buy merch. I didn't know where you were going with that for a second. I was like, I don't know. I feel like we already said it all. We're going we're gonna to have a merch <laughs> shop on the website where you can buy 
vocal fry cups and t-shirts to your heart's galore so if you have been a supporter of the podcast and you've always wanted one of the cool shirts that sarah and i have uh you can now is your chance you can get yourself a mug yeah or something like that and uh we're just really pumped we're really pumped that vocal fry will continue we're pumped that we're gonna be able to continue to serve you guys well and like just kind of the way we're progressing and changing and evolving and it allows us it allows us it allows sarah to go off and continue to do her thing and progress as a professional and as a human and us just be able to still continue to journey with the vocal fam yeah yeah it's great yeah it's gonna be good so it's gonna be good times um obviously our audio is gonna change up a little bit because sarah's gonna be on skype i will be skyping a lot and uh that's what it's gonna be we we, had a look at that what's what's the platform that i think was it zoom yeah we can get a zoom account that someone was talking about because i've heard that's pretty good you probably also want to look at getting a oh you have a decent mic i do i have a good mic okay so i play games in case you didn't know vocal fam we don't script anything no the closest we've ever come to a script was endgame was endgame and it's because it wasn't even a script it was just a list of questions yeah and to call that organized organized chaos like herding (laughs) cats except for when jamie wanted to make three points three points very loyally let me lay out my case for you guys about why iron man is the best i just want to say that's exactly what living with him is like (laughs) he has like a lecture spot in the den and i know when it's happening because he goes and he gets in there and he starts pacing back and forth and that's when i know it's happening i have three points that i'm about to get lawyered about something okay um vocal fam so there's lots of good stuff coming here and uh we'll be back with you next week this week's episode is kathy price Jonathan Price, mother and son, and a little and bit. a little tale of Josh Glasner. We'll hold we'll hold Glasner now, Doctor Josh oh, Glasner. It wasn't official. Congratulations when we on passing his dissertation defense just this afternoon when we're recording this on Monday. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because we do have a separate episode with, with him, Josh, but it'll air later. Yeah, we'll hold than that this one. one, which we recorded last. After, yeah, and so there are a few like. Probably a couple, Anacron- couple of little anecdotal things yeah. that might not make chronological sense. Yeah. But but the reason we wanted to get this episode out is, um, you know, there's lots of great summer programs out there. I just taught at one singing sure. voice science workshop. Uh, acoustic voice ped at NEC is, of course, coming up with yeah. our dear friends. Uh, and then Kathy and Jonathan were on to talk about the summer voice pedagogy institute. Which you can still sign up at for. At Westminster Choir College. So yep. if you just Google Summer Voice Ped Institute. I think that's what we tell people in like every episode is like, just Google, just Google it. it. That's what Google's for, right? It's Google. It's the like Google. It's, it's like using IMSLP. Don't use the IMSLP search engine because Petrucci's is terrible. Uh, and so here we are. Uh, this week, Vocal Fry Voice Foundation Episode 1 Woo-hoo. with Jonathan and Kathy Price and a little bit of tale of... Mm. A little bit of Josh Glasner. All right. Peace out, vocal fam. Bye. You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from your semi-occluded vocal tract. Have you practiced today? None of them have been as bad as um, when I did the two sessions 
in Los Angeles last spring, I when we were at Pedagogy Summit, mm-hmm. I did them in the lobby of the hotel, and it was in a very noisy alcove. And so our most downloaded episode ever is Coffee with Legends. That's what I called it. <laughs> because it was Ken and Ian and Chadley and me just sitting around a table like this, practically, with my iPhone. I didn't even take any recording equipment because I didn't have the Zoom yet. Right. And so it was just the four of us in like a overhang like this. And at the next table, Amelia was talking to Kathy Osborne and Kathy Peterson. And... It was quite a noisy environment. So our most downloaded episode has lots of background. It's probably the worst audio. Well, no. Our Not original audio. Our original clicking. audio of the first few episodes. I still... It was, it was bad, weird. Sarah. We should know, delete them. No, <laughs> but no. They're, but they're such... Those are history, they're, right? They're history, yes. <laughs> I've had to miss that pedagogy summit both times. But is there another one upcoming? Do you I know? hope. Yeah. I, I haven't mean, heard anything else recently. Well, Scott said when we were in Los Angeles that he hoped that we would have another one sooner than the three-year gap uh-huh. between the first and the, the second one. Uh-huh. But if we do it next summer again, it's like then we're on a schedule of doing them the year of national conferences. Yeah, and it's like right. that that's financially problematic for a lot of us. Right. Unless we're going to do it, what would be great is if we could all agree to do it like in the week prior to Nats National or right, something like that. Right. And go to the same place, yeah. And Obviously. in the same city. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know that, like, like someone like Alan probably couldn't do that because he would be too busy preparing for the National Conference. I mean, a lot Could of us may be. you post? No. Oh. You can't do oh. anything <laughs> post When you come to Knoxville, and you okay. will come to Knoxville next summer, you can't do anything after a Nats National. Nothing. You're over. You're done. It's, I mean, Voice <laughs> Foundation's awful, and you're toast. <laughs> but Nats National he is means its awful uh, in an affectionate way. It, it, <laughs> I mean, awful Always. in a very, oh yes. <laughs> anyway, so we have. W- this is our first time ever having a mother and son on the podcast. <laughs> this has never happened. It may never happen again. I don't. We get that a lot. Yeah, I don't. Do. I don't think. How in the world did it ever come to the point where you two were working together at all? Oh man, that was that was kind of a, a weird and happy circumstance. So to kind of uh, set the stage, I guess, you know, I always uh, grew up obviously singing and with singing around the house. And so uh, at that point, you were really, you know, you know, primarily just a private studio teacher. And to a lot of private studio, and 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 I was adjunct, or you know, yeah, probably adjunct with a number mm-hmm. of universities, but staying at home teaching more with younger children yeah. yeah and I think it was like your primary interest was in a more traditional teaching and uh and so I kind of grew up in a I think what's probably a pretty normal version of that story which is that I kind of thought I was going to be a uh professional opera singer growing up in that environment and that's kind of how we both proceeded for a while and then uh I ended up going back to get my master's at the same time that you went back to go get your PhD and so we were ending up having very similar, in my life. <laughs> but of course her having much higher level versions of those same conversations. So I got to, you know, have some very high level uh, free tutoring throughout oh, all that. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to go back even a little earlier and say that back when I used to sing with the Washington Na- National Opera Chorus, which I did for 12 years in D.C., um, 
Jonathan would ask me when he was starting about maybe age eight, when could he audition for the children's chorus? And I was like, you're not because <laughs> this is my job and I can't be watching you and worrying about you and wondering if you're where you're supposed to be or whatever because they would kind of want parents to at least a parent to kind of help with that Aye. and do my job at the same time and then I think were you 11 when I finally said oh well okay 10 or 11, 10 yeah, or 11. Like so I thought and I also thought even though I know he, he loved to sing he'd always been singing I um I thought well this would be a good wake up call because he'll she go she was pretty sure I wasn't that good he won't he won't <laughs> get in you know and because it's a very competitive thing you know and they don't sure. take that many children and so he goes in to sing and they were going to do the magic flute the next year I don't think I even knew that but he went in to sing his audition and he came out and I said well how did it go and he's carrying music that he's looking at and I he said well I don't know but I'm supposed to come back and try out for one of these parts you know and it was of course the three, the three spirits, spirits. Oh. Yeah. Which spirit did you do? Oh, number two. Yeah. And then he did the Tosca aria, you know. And Domingo, the shepherd. Yeah, the aria might be a little strong for that. Well, but that's it, true. But no, it's but I mean, but it's, yeah. a little, it's a little solo. It's a little I solo. Mean, and mm -hmm. Placido Domingo, who at that time was the um, artistic director uh, of the Washington Opera, National, yeah. um, he actually coached Jonathan. And it was, you know, it was such a moment in life. It was so life. incredibly lucky. Like, yeah. just timing-wise, you know. Because, I mean, how many kids even know that that's a thing that you can do growing yeah, up? I had no idea. Yeah. Right? And so I, I was lucky in that way. And then it happened to be in that period of time when uh, Domingo was around and very interested. Uh, you know, it was before he sort of started focusing his attention a little more uh, out in L.A. And uh, if he, so he was regularly performing there. He was regularly conducting there. And right. Marta so was, I was also staging operas right. and... Yeah, so there was a lot of a lot of Domingo influence there. So I was I was super hooked at that <laughs> point. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But then so fast forward, so you got a you got a master's from where? Uh, Boston Conservatory. I did Boston my undergrad at Cincinnati Conservatory. And and then masters. So that two was years around later. the same time, Kathy, when you were getting your PhD with Jim Doherty at Kansas. That's right. And so I That's went back a as a story. very elderly person for such oh, an endeavor. <laughs> well, I started when I was 50. And frankly, I had not been back to school. I got my master's when I was 22. I graduated from University of Maryland. And so it was that many years, a lot of years, I had not been back to school. Um, though I'd always wanted to, but my husband kept going back to school and getting degree after degree after degree. And, and I had little children and I've had a lifelong sort of problem with uh, illness, you know, a serious illness, cancer. And, um, and an ill mother who then passed away at, at a fairly young age for me and my father had already died when I was four years old. So um, all of these things sort of kept me from pursuing my doctorate. And when we moved out to Kansas City for my husband's work, and my work kind of ended in the D.C. area, at least for a while, um, and I thought it was going to be over for sure, I decided to try to go back to school. So that's, that's what I did, and I loved it. But I went back with a mind of voice science because I thought that was my hole, that was my gap. I, I had been teaching traditionally, you know, but um, for many years, and... You had a lot of voice choral experience. Oh my gosh, yes, know. and a lot of solo experience too, mm -hmm. actually, because, you know, there's a lot of solo opportunity in that area, and I also sang in Europe quite a bit, so back and forth, back and forth, and then I 
was terrified. I really didn't even know how to use a computer, and anybody who knew me then would say that that was absolutely the case. It's 100% the case. <laughs> I could do email. Said your millennial son. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, but it, yeah. uh, but it was it was such a cool thing because again, I think it's a it's a really incredible timing thing that I think uh, Dr. Doherty at that time was interested in starting a PhD in voice pedagogy, but hadn't found the right person to sort of help form that program. Uh-huh. That's right. Well, and then I was, you showed up in yeah, Kansas City. I was just City. taking a class. I wasn't planning to necessarily oh. do my doctorate. I started with a class, voice, uh, science-based voice education, I believe it was called. And um, while I was in it, he actually approached me about would I be interested in this doctoral program that they were looking for? Oh, I didn't know you were like one of his first. I was the, the first. first. Yeah. Oh, I had first. no idea. Yeah. And it, see, it wasn't even that long ago. I mean, I graduated in 2010. So, and I did it as fast as anybody could, you know, because right. I had to hurry up. <laughs> Not only given the age perspective, but also because... It's okay, 22-year-olds want to hurry up, too. Yeah, 25 of course they did, but I really up. had to. I had to get back to making a living. I still had a teenager at home with our, our daughter, and, you know, so I needed to get back to my regular life. And then ended up doing one of the... It might be the largest um, look at uh, pre-peri and post-menopausal singers... 337 women that I... Good. Now that is a respectable end number. That is an end number, isn't (laughs) it? Because, I mean, as we were just sort of joking about in there, I mean, our end numbers are just in the toilet all the time. All the time, yeah. But, I mean, that is is actually a reasonable number. It felt, (laughs) you know... What's the word? I, like Herculean. Herculean. I was trying Herculean. to think of the right uh, syllables. It is. Herculean. Uh, and I traveled to different states, and I, you know, and I recorded all of these women, and I was able to use 307 of those, 337, and um, looked at many different aspects to look. And actually, the, the big, the big outcome was that, of course, hormones are what it's all about, and you know, if you're able to keep your hormones intact or by replacement or by you know whatever means really hormone replacement is about all there is then um in one form or another <clears throat> then your 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 youthful voice will continue and if if you cannot you have to f- come up with other strategies and also hope that you've got good genes that keep you going as well so we had uh we had Ken and Joanne Bozeman on campus mm, this yeah. spring, and Joanne and Kate. And Kate's my lifelong and, friend. And uh, and Nancy are all working on, on that right. book right now. And so we let Joanne, they were on the podcast, and we let Joanne talk about the book. Oh, good. Um, it's, it didn't have a title yet. Now it has a title. That's it did, right. At that point, it did not yet have a title. And then she took you guys aside and talked to you all. Yeah. Awesome. For for a bit, uh, yeah. So a- anyway, I just I love all yeah. of them. Kate and I, I, I don't know, um, uh, Ms. Bozeman or Dr. Bozeman. I don't. Know, what is her first name? Joanne. Right? Joanne, of course. I don't know Joanne, but um, Kate Fraser Neely and I have been um, partners in crime since we were at University of Maryland together doing our master's degree. And so Kate about 21, 21 would years like old. to come on the podcast. She had actually reached out to me, so we need to try to Skype with her later this summer at yeah. some point. Kate's a blast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so now, you know, sort of fast forwarding, you're at Westminster Choir College, obviously. Yeah. And Jonathan, you are now on the faculty where? So I, so I'm my first faculty job was at Ryder University, which is related to Westminster right. Choir College. But actually, that happened com- completely independently. Uh, Ryder ended up really late in the summer 
needing a last minute hire for the musical theater program. And at that point, I had finished my performance diploma and I was doing a fair amount of performing, but I'd gotten really interested in uh, CCM ped and uh, specifically musical theater ped. And uh, the opportunity came and I was super persistent and they uh, eventually relented and, hi- and hired me, even though I was completely under underexperienced, underqualified. So uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've sort of been running to catch up since then. Uh, and then I'm also on the faculty for Marymount Manhattan College for their musical theater program. Yes, where my friend David Cisco used to be, I, I think. I ended up coming in to take David Cisco's position. position when he moved on. Sure, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, you know, that's actually a similar story to my own in that my first higher ed job was um, it, I got late in the summer. I was coming back to Miami to do my DMA and found out that the college division of New World School of the Arts, which is a dual high school and college conservatory in Miami, needed a musical theater voice teacher. They had this very large freshman class, and they needed another adjunct. And so my entire DMA, I was so grateful. I had a studio of like 20 to 25 college students full-time, basically, um, uh, at New World while I was also a graduate assistant and, you know, whatever. And I came into that sort of as a highfalutin opera singer <laughs> person, but who had gone to Miami as an undergrad, which at that point had a very fine musical theater program. It no longer has that program, but they had one of the top-notch... I mean, Josh Henry was in that program and, you know, so many great people. In fact, Josh... You know Josh Henry, yeah? yeah? Jo- Josh is less... Josh was actually an undergrad when I was a doctoral student. We studied with the same teacher, and Josh's lessons used to... We, our lessons used to be back-to-back. So I used to sit in on some of Josh's lessons. Oh, that's fun. Uh, h- hilariously. <laughs> uh, he wouldn't even remember me, because I was some weird-looking, you know, graduate student, and, and as, 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 as soon-to-be Dr. Glasner could tell us, uh, PhD students look sort of a certain have a certain look about them. A certain them. tired look about them. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so tell us, tell us about now you're, you're doing this institute that you guys do at Westminster every summer. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about that because you guys, all three of you are involved in that. Somehow Spe- Dr. Glasner, Glasner has jo- joined us. So, so tell us about that. And I specifically want to try to get this episode of the rec- episodes we've recorded um, this, sum- this, this, this week. I want to get this one up soon because you guys still have enrollment going on. Um, like, right. like the thing that, well, the, Kathy, you and I are doing this week, Singing Voice Science. Right. We're basically out of time to That's advertise right. that. That's right. But tell us about how, how it got started and, and, and where they can, just, just give us the load. The final, week of ju- final full week of July, enrollment is open. Please visit the uh, Westminster <laughs> Choir College website. Uh, that's how they can find that information. Can, that's absolutely the easiest thing to do is just uh, Google uh, Westminster Voice Pedagogy Institute, and it'll be the first thing that comes up. Yes, as we've yeah. said all day, the Google is the easiest way right. to mm-hmm. it, absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's always the last week of last full week of July. Okay. When I say always, this will be its sixth year. I've been at Westminster seven years, and um, after I'd been there a year, the um, associate dean at the time. Uh, asked me was I interested in reviving what Marvin Kinsey had uh-huh. do you know Marvin Marvin yes, who was yes uh, so famous in Nat's world and dearest man alive lovely lovely individual and um, a fine dancer he is a fine dancer as a matter of fact and I ran into him on the street here just you know, oh, yesterday he was, he was at the Nat's lunch oh on, on, there you on go Saturday. Mm-hmm. yeah it was great and I had meant to be there but I ended up 
having lunch with a dear colleague. Oh, so, it's yeah, perfectly fine. Laura and I sat go. beside each other at lunch yesterday. So yeah, yeah. So. Um, but the way Marvin had run it was very different, and it was quite a long time ago, um, where he invited in a famous or may- maybe several famous opera singers, and they would sort of take the day and just do a whole day of master classes, and people would just sit there and listen to them teach, you know. But I wanted to, which was, of course, fascinating, but I sure. don't have that, that kind of, you know, uh, connection to that many opera singers. And so I thought, you know, I need to do it on fact-based or evidence-based um, vocal pedagogy and to bring together which is what I think pedagogy really is bring together um, the sciencey people but also the traditional teachers and to examine those in ways that um, we could see how they intersect all the time. Very and much sort of the model that Kari was presenting today. That's right. Very much which that. Which I've so been championing her model all year since she presented it last year in LA. Right. Right. And so we actually have, I always have, um, well, I take the first day or two, I'm sort of the, the Dr. Sadaloff of the Voice Pet Institute, sure. I guess, where I do uh, an overview of anatomy, physiology, acoustics, and we open up the Presser Voice Lab, which is how uh, Josh comes into the picture as well. And Jonathan is the assistant director. So, um, um, so let me backtrack a little bit. So I always invite... Um, a more or less maybe we I don't know if we call it traditional pedagogue but um, or a lineage school pe- pedagogue sure someone, someone who teaches voice right and someone who's had, uh, had success training uh, high level professional high singers sure of opera singers sure. David Jones is with well I could name lots of them Sharon Sweet but this year we have Barbara Hahn wonderful and yeah so she'll be Formerly our Cincinnati Conservatory Cincinnati Conservatory that's right um, and many other places of course yeah. and um, so she'll be our traditional pedagogue I'm sort of always the uh, counterpart to that, which is ironic to me because I really am a traditional pedagogue who has now, you know, done all this voice sciencey stuff and built all that into my teaching as well. Um, and frankly, it was it was the missing link for me because so often I would teach and think, well, that really worked, but why did it work for this person and doesn't necessarily work for that person? And so I felt like all of the science has helped me to figure that out. N- not always perfectly but you know to give me enough tools to to be able to look at that what's great is i feel like your story is a lot of what makes everybody feel willing i think to enter into the process because it's a pretty diverse group of people every year you know everything from people fresh out of master's programs uh to people who have been professional singers who are transitioning into teaching life to SLPs and I think hearing sort of coaches. the narrative yeah coaches hearing the narrative of your uh, teaching journey um, kind of puts everybody at ease because I think there's a part of your story that I think everybody can kind of enter into at some point mm-hmm. and then that kind of sets the framework for the whole week and it's a pretty intense week but I think a thing that's really different about what we've been able to do is that it's a it's taking you through a lot of disparate information with a consistent tour guide and the consistent tour guide is my mom, I think, with me kind of on, on the side, um, you know, it, just because I think the conversation, the back and forth is part of definitely what makes digesting all the information happen a lot easier. And then uh, having Josh come along, uh, when did you start? Was it a couple of years ago? About three, maybe? Uh, yeah, I started, this will be my third year, right? I yeah. think so. Third year. 
At I least think, your third year. <laughs> I think that's just uh, yeah. brought in uh, such an important uh, depth to the technology side of what we're doing. Uh, you have the option to spend a lot of time or a little bit of time in the voice lab and do lots of hands-on work, but then also you know, giving people a really great, deep, but short dive into uh, voice technology and voice research. And then we also have Mark Moliterno, who also is part of our team, and he does yoga voice and has done that every year since we yeah. began. Those, the four of us I see as sort of our, our resident faculty sure. in a way. And then uh, this year, we, in addition to Barbara Hahn, we have P Dr. Peek Wu will be our ENT. Nice. Um, and uh, Margaret Cusack, who's had a, a, a wonderful operatic career, but is also a, a voice pedagogue will be with us as well. And Stephen Purdy is coming along with Jonathan as um, our resident MT people. Yep. And um, Stephen wrote the book Musical Theater Song. And, um, and it's just a fabulous coach. She did and a master drama. class at our Region Nats conference, I don't know, three years or something. I, mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah. So yeah. he can work M his magic with that. director for a long time on Broadway. Mm -hmm. you know, coaches lots lots of people who are you know doing things at every every level of sure. uh, you know, of the sort of the Broadway industrial complex yeah and Jonathan really understands at a very specific level and uh, the techniques of, of music theater um, technique and pedagogy and Absolutely. and so he really help you know he'll be our sort of technical guy and Stephen will be the the interpretive person I suppose and yeah the, and then we actually tacked on an extra day at the end of the week on the Saturday for Josh to do more uh, lab work with people we started that last year and we added it on with no extra cost to the participants oh wow and the participants can come as they can audit they can also take it for two or three. Uh, graduate credits. Oh, wow. Yeah, but they take it for extra credits. I have to give them extra assignments. Come and get those credits. <laughs> and but they and can. so, in fact, with that last day, I've had, you, have, you kind of run the gamut with people who um, are just interested and they want some, like, one-on-one -on -one instruction or just to run some different labs that we've writ written for them. Um, as we were talking about um, in a few weeks, I suppose, because I'm assuming this is coming before the other one. Yes. Yeah. So we'll be talking about this what thing other one? in a few weeks. Um, but uh, essentially, it, you have people who just want to come and do, do a couple a couple labs, just play with Vogivista or play with the with the PAS or, or something, um, or finish yeah. their labs or CSL or mm -hmm. or just uh, finish their labs that they have to do as assignments. Or um, every once in a while, we get an undergrad who is coming from out of town and they want to do a graduate pedagogy program. Um, of which there are, there are a good number of, there are a few really good ones in the country, but their undergraduate program hasn't had a lab experience. Sure. And so what happens in those situations, every once in a while you get one or two people like this, and they'll actually, I'll actually have them shadow me throughout the week and then throughout the, the weekend. That, Phenomenal. Um, so that they learn every piece of equipment in the lab and what it can do, and then they actually end up helping other people run different labs. Uh, with my supervision. And sometimes um, even at Westminster because <laughs> we have a great exactly. PED program and the master's level. I, I, if I do say so myself, it's a fantastic PED program. In, indeed. <laughs> indeed. As do we. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm sure you do. Uh, <laughs> I know you do. Um, so, is bas so basically there's no requirement to come. They, it's open to anybody. That's right. You've had all levels of experiences. And people from all over the world. Last year we had people from Malaysia, Italy, America. Haiti, 
I think we had an American Idol winner. Um, uh, what else did we have? Who else did we have? China. Croatia. Yeah, University professors, sure. Croatia, yes. Um, so, yeah. So, so when you no say a whole week, is it, is it five days? It's five full days plus the potential of an extra day, Monday through Friday, and then the potential of staying on Saturday if you wish to have more lab time. Phenomenal. Yeah. My goodness gracious. So kind of a, a framework that I think uh, we, we, we've been trying to figure out since the onset of the... Well, exactly. Like, who, who is this appropriate for and uh, what is sort of the ethos of the thing? And I think um, as we've talked about it, I think it really is for anybody who's interested in getting more serious about their teaching. Sure. Um, and whatever way you're entering into that, I think we have a big range of people that can kind of open other doorways um, for you to see, hmm, I'm not sure what area of this I'm most interested in. You can kind of get a taste of a bunch of those different things. But again, you get them in the context of a total experience as opposed to kind of picking and choosing. You're in with a group of people who are all having the same experience. Yeah. Yeah, we keep it small and not terribly small. Last year we had 50. That's the biggest we've ever had. But generally we have like maybe 30 35 That's people. That's a good number. Yeah. I mean... And we capped it at 50, so as we just said, you know, we're not going to go any higher than that because we want everyone to be in the room. Sure. Uh, you know, for everything. I could imagine at something like... I've always thought that at something like CCM Institute, I could see somebody getting lost. Have you done that program? The no, Shenandoah? Shenandoah. No, we keep we keep ha- we keep having our institute like the week after or something. Well, so we are deep in the weeds. But on I mean, planning. they have large groups huge, now, right. and I mean, I could see. I know that Ian, I know that Ian specifically limits his program to mm-hmm. 35, 36, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, it gets. I mean, it, it much more than that, and it gets it's hairy. harder to right yeah. for everybody to feel a part of it. Um, one of the things that kind of works for us is that. Um, though the vast majority of everybody comes every day. There are some, time, some days sure. that everybody isn't there. So even if you have 50, you probably have more like 40-something. Sure. Right? But, but really, that was an unusual year last year. It was a blast, but it was um, bigger than normal. I would say our norm is between 30 and 35 people, mm-hmm. and it's a nice number. It feels, yeah. it, that feels about right. Um, w- as far as the CCM Institute it goes, though, we felt that, found that a lot of people get uh, benefit from doing them back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Sure. We have a lot of people. Um, so we've had yeah. a lot of people sort of do the, well, uh, the duo. Matt Edwards was with us. The Acela Corridor thing. Yeah, that's right. He's kind yeah. of done your program. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt was on the podcast back in February um, talking just about CCM Institute. And, you know, I've, I've been talking about this for years, and I was thinking about applying to do an Ats National presentation on this, but I decided not to. One of the things that I've had in my mind for a number of years has been the idea of doing a presentation or a series of talks or something. I don't think a book, but maybe an article (laughs) on like the pedagogy of voice pedagogy, but basically extending it to the, the, the take home is that if you really want to be good at teaching voice pedagogy, what you need to do is be putting yourself in a continual feedback loop of education. Yes. And so I've enjoyed very much, you know, in the last year, I think we've now hosted 
So we had Ken and Ian and Chadley on to talk about acoustic voice ped. We had uh, last year we had Danny Haas and Kelly Hidgley on to talk about singing voice science, which you and I are now also doing this year. Mm-hmm. We had you guys on to talk about the Westminster program. We've had Matt on to talk about CCM Institute. Am I forgetting about another summer program of continuing ed? Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. my point just being that I think that, you know, I think that there's need for all these different things because as we all know, as voice teachers, as researchers, as whatever, we learn different things by hearing different things say different people and d- different things in different ways. Absolutely. That's how our students learn, right? Right. Being able to, t- to break it down in so many different ways. I mean, I even remember when we, I- I'll never forget this conversation because it was just sort of, uh, it was a, what am I doing kind of conversation they've heard it a million million times but when we were in australia at icvt one of the dinners that we they had to bus us to ingo and i sat beside each other and i remember us talking about people's understandings of voice acoustics and i'll never forget him saying to me well you know they hear me say it, and then they understand something, and then they hear you know somebody like Scott McCoy say it, and they understand something, and then they hear Don Miller say it, and so they understand something else. And then they hear Johan say it, and they understand something else, and and you know, and I was like, yes, here's even this guy recognizing that this is what we need is we need to hear different things from different people in different ways. And the other thing is we all need to keep learning because here we are at Voice Foundation, and we're having so many things being redefined whether we're complaining about it or not. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right. (laughs) You got my joke. Um, Sorry, that was an inside baseball joke, vocal fam. I apologize. (laughs) I try to stay away from those. I'm not going to say what I'm talking about because (laughs) I don't want to offend anyone. But there was a little inside baseball joke there about a certain term involving musical theater singers. Anyway, moving back to you guys. (laughs) Do either of you or both of you because vocal fry is half voice science and pedagogy and half pop culture. Do you guys have any major pop culture things that you're really into meaning? And what this could be anything. It could be anything from a TV show. I think we already know one. Yeah. We had a nice conversation about game of Thrones at lunch, but uh, it could be anything from nice to finally find someone, a TV show, a movie, (laughs) a book series, a uh, artist you're really into. It could be anything. Oh man. Uh well I mean there's a ton of things. I am uh if uh, I was having this conversation with my uh fiance uh Isabella the other day um kind of look at our our various podcast lists of things that you know we tend to listen to. Basically, you can break mine down into sports, uh business, uh things just just cuz I uh, I I just enjoy hearing just a very different energy from the you know, sort of the artistic people we're around all the time. Yes. Uh, and then in long form interview shows. So okay. I would say I'm, I'm, I'm super What's into What's your favorite that. one of those? Probably WTF with Mark Maron. is my, my favorite one of that. They were, they were, he just had a David Letterman on, which just felt like, you know, I've been listening to that show probably for, you know, four or five years now. And it, it was such an important character in his story. I felt myself being like, personally proud of him in that moment oh that's great mark's talking to dave and i was like hold on let's just get a little perspective here you don't know either of these people and they're doing just fine okay but, but if i could and i've said this on the podcast before one of the things that made me want to do this when we started was that about a year before we started i had gotten really into a podcast for the first time i didn't even know what a podcast really was into. until about 2016 
And what was your podcast? So I started listening to the Nerdist podcast when it was still called the Nerdist podcast with Chris Hardwick, and who now has become sort of a hero of mine. And and then when it transitioned ID10T, I mean, I still listen. And, and then Chris had his public fiasco a year ago, but he's now come back. And I just it it was really what inspired Vocal Fry. I mean, Nerdist was literally the inspiration for Vocal Fry. And I've always kept his motto, which is all we're doing is having a conversation. Mm -hmm. There's no interview format. I don't rehearse. We've done one single essentially scripted episode That's true. where I wrote out a list of questions. But that, yeah, was, but because it really had that be. was because it was for a movie that took 11 years and 22 movies to oh, make. Wow. It was Endgame. Oh, you know, it's a three-hour yeah. movie. Oh, yes. And we and had a seven-person panel. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Mean, it, it, had was, to it had to be one. organized. It, or it was going to be total disaster. So do you have any pop culture Oh, gosh, interest? it's such a bad question for me. But, um, you know, I'm going to say that I have just recently discovered the joy of, of binge watching these. <laughs> this is it's phenomenal, so folks. This is why we have Vocal Fry, folks. <laughs> This is, is it Netflix or something on Hulu? Usually whatever my children tell me I should be watching, which is no, 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 Game no, no, of Thrones. Let's, let's back up on this for a second. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Because Marvelous the Mrs. Maisel is fantastic. So <laughs> Outlander. That was the one uh, that started it all for you was, I, was uh, well, Outlander. Outlander. I read all the books talking about Game oh, of Thrones yeah, 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 years ago. And I had my, I have to say this is a little bit of a testimonial uh, for <laughs> Outlander, which is hysterical. But when I had my first cancer, I, which was 22 years ago, I was desperately ill during that treatment. Okay. And the Outlander books had started to come out. I, didn't, yeah. I, I don't even know how I ended up with one. I think somebody sent me the first one. As like, you know, you're sick. Somebody Here's sends you a book, a paperback yeah. book. And I started read it, reading it. And I lost myself in this other place that I could go, right? This historical romantic drama that, you know, I could not be where I was, bald and sick, you know, but I could be. <laughs> I could be in this other hist history in th with these Phenomenal. other characters. And I just lived for the next installment of those books. And they're, they're not trash, but they're, they're not profound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and then, oh my gosh, when the series on, uh, you know, I was all about it. And I pretty much couldn't leave the room looking <laughs> at the next one, the next one, because I didn't have stars. I, didn't, I don't want to yeah. subscribe to those things. Yeah. But then I was able to get it, and uh, and I just watched it and watched it and watched it. So that's, I guess that would be those those kinds of things, you know, well, have kind of struck I, me. I always bring it up because I think it's important for those of us, because those of us, especially in the academy, who have been maybe through a DMA or a PhD in y'all's cases or whatever, or just in the professional singing world and whatever, we get so, we can become so hyper-focused on, oh, yes. let's just say <laughs> career as just a generic word. And I think sometimes, even if it's just, I remember when Matt was on, Matt was like, well, I don't but I do spend a lot of time with my kids. Oh, yeah. You and know, and so even if it's just family, it's not family. I want to say just family, but you know, whatever that thing is, I think we have to take a step back right. a lot of the time. And when, you know, and like when my kids are your age, I, 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 you know, I probably won't necessarily be as much about, I am as about my kids now, but they're seven and nine. I don't know. I think you kind of are always well, about your kids. Well, that's probably true. Yeah. And I have pets. I have lots of animals. What do you have? And, well, currently I have two dogs and two cats. 
but um, no cats in our household. Probably a no- I have a kitten, Gus, who is fabulously adorable, and a very old lady cat, Lily, who's 19, and then I have a 13 year old. Uh, neurotic border collie Australian cattle dog mix. Um, Bailey. She just wants everybody to be and together. And then we have a two-year-old go, 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 golden retriever, precious Clarabelle, who, you know, and they they really uh, help me so much, you know, to it's just stay phenomenal. normal. And as does our daughter, my daughter, um, my husband, my, and our daughter, who was adopted from um, uh, Bogota, Colombia, and we've had her since she was four months. Met her at two months, and um, she's now married and going to have her first baby. So this is an, a great thing. Phenomenal. So I'm going to be a grandmother. Phenomenal. So first time. First time. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. So there is a lot of humanity in my household. I yeah, and I live in a house that was built both in 1790s and the 1880s, and that takes a lot of. I love that. There's Care. a lot of. <laughs> yes. th- 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 I will say these six interviews that we've done this weekend have been filled with a lot of just like these little great moments that I'm going to take with me. And there's a lot of humanity in my household. That's what I'm going to take yeah. with me. That was <laughs> that was really beautiful. I was. That's just. That's <laughs> just. And we're all about the pets. And and on a totally like hyper focused working all the time note, you had asked me, you had asked me about the stats question. Right? You had said, how did you get into this? Yeah. Right? Would you believe that it's actually fantasy baseball? Oh, I can well, see that. I knew so your I, love for baseball. I, I love baseball. I knew that. And baseball I, is I, big with and all of us. And that was my out during uh, like Westminster in my early PhD. I would be like watching baseball all the time. And then during the PhD, I was like, I'm going to take a second semester biostatistics so I can learn how to do regression analysis so I can win my fantasy baseball league. And then <laughs> I won. Did and you? then I won three years in a row. <laughs> All right, let's hear Thank it for Thank you, NYU. Stats. So have you applied that to, like, counting cards at all? Uh, not counting cards, but actually I bought um, baseball cards, autographed baseball cards, and then when I presented it at uh, ICBT two years ago, I also, in Stockholm, I also sold um, a bunch of cards of this player, baseball player named Aaron Judge, who I had bought two oh, years yes. previously. Hello. So I had, I saw this like six foot five baseball player, 275 pounds. And he had this like huge strikeout rate, but I was like, he plays for the Yankees. At least like, you know, there's these, these metrics that are like really impressive. And if I buy this, these cards at like $50 a pop, um, the likelihood is since he's in a big market, I'll at least get my money back in two years. And then I looked before I went to Sweden. I was like, I could use a little bit more money. I kind of would like to hop around Europe. Like, I, I'm like, sounds super bougie, but I just never was able to do something. We like love that. the word bougie in the podcast, I, by the way. You know, like, I've never been able to do something like that. And I, I was like, I wonder what Aaron Judge's cards are at, because that was the year that he was like leading the majors in home runs by the All Star break. And I looked up online, and would you, do you want to take a guess at how much they had gone up to? I'm going to guess 500 bucks. Uh, 700, in fact. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So I sold all six of them. <gasps> and I went to Europe. And you had a Europe trip. <laughs> you got to do better than hop around. <laughs> yeah. I remember that so trip. So that's the, right? You're talking about that? That's exactly why. Yeah, yep, I did not know that's how you. Aaron Judge. And now I, now I walk around New York it. and I see Aaron Judge um, life-size posters all over yeah. the, Unbelievable. the city. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, our my husband was um, recruited by the Houston Astros to pitch for them what yes and my husband's a minister and so that's my other role is you know church musician and 
and um, minister's wife and that kind of thing. But my things we learn on <laughs> this is this is sort of akin to when I found out that Scott McCoy bred tropical fish. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still one of my favorite moments from the podcast. <laughs> yeah. it was, it was, it was, anyway, so that's, that's interesting. Yeah, so I'm always teasing him because he decided not to take up that offer. And I always say, you know, Jack, why didn't you do it just for a little while? Make some serious money because a minister and a, and a voice teacher, there's no money. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's like my household, a voice teacher and a voice teacher. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. But he always said, well, yes. you know, you may never get out of the minor leagues, is but what. But there's a lot of life in my household. Yeah, <laughs> humanity, humanity. I believe is the word you're looking humanity. for. Humanity. Life would be another way of humanity. It. It's not as alliterative, life and humanity in the household. But I love, I love it. But it is, it's exactly what it is. Absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> um, Thank you guys for agreeing to sit down with us. Thank you. So again, you. Google Westminster Choir College Summer. What exactly is the title? It's summer. The voice Pedagogy Institute. Voice Pedagogy Institute at Westminster Choir College. Please do come. We'd Google. love to have you. They would love to have you, and we have been super glad to now sit down with Josh twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, Josh, I'll send you our intraoral numbers. Uh, you can run them anytime. Uh, <laughs> and then, because I'm going to work on the article this summer. Um, <laughs> but uh, thank you both so much. Thank you. Uh, prices, thank you, thank you so Great much. Guys, local fam, this has been quite the it week really at Voice Foundation. We're going to do a little wrap-up. Oh, right, right, right. Thank up you. Here. Let's get a picture with all of us. Thank love you, guys. It. Peace out. <laughs>